This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Today is a camp day in Port St. Lucie, so rise and shine, campers. Sounds like fun, right? Capture the flag, a little swimming, put the head counselor's bed on a raft out in the middle of a lake while he's sleeping, watch him wake up and fall in. Come on, meatballs, Bill Murray. It's a classic. Well, actually, as my ex used to say pretty much all the time, actually, with a shortened spring training, a camp day is a busy day. Work, 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 work. Hello, boys, I missed you. With no actual game on tap today, we will look back to yesterday, which saw contracts get done, a catcher scratched from the lineup, Mike Piazza and Mookie Wilson in the house, and Jacob deGrom on the mound. Are you ready for a podcast? Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing. Movie references from the 70s and 80s in that opening monologue that I, I just realized happened there. It, in my defense, I have only seen Licorice Pizza very recently and only once, so that dialogue hasn't really taken hold yet. But anyway, we have an up-to-date podcast for your pleasure on this a day that Buck Showalter and company get to know their personnel a little better, get to work with them and tweak some things, get a better sense of what is happening for opening day, which is now, wow, 15 days away. Josh Lewin with you. I am ready for the summer, and at the very least, April 7th, when Jacob deGrom will take the mound in Washington. Yesterday, he took the mound against the Nationals' spring training partners from West Palm Beach. He was up against the Houston Astros, expansion buddies with the Mets back in 1962, even before Bill Murray movies. Back then, the Astros were the Colt 45s, and they played outdoors before the Astrodome had been built. They led the league in mosquito bites, and heat stroke every year. DeGrom against the Astros, the the right-hander with a 1.94 ERA since 2018. That's the lowest in the majors by a fairly substantial margin. Of course, the 108 of last year certainly helped. First time we've seen Jake pitch since July 7th of last year. Amir uh, carried the two 265 days ago. We will hear from Jake in just a bit after his two innings of one hit, Five strikeout ball. But first, before the game, Edwin Diaz got a nice little birthday present. A reported $10.2 million arbitration settlement to avoid arbitration. And he got a birthday cake. He and Cookie Carrasco with birthdays this week. They both got the uh, the full fudgy the whale treatment, it appeared. Or maybe it was Cookie Puss. I, I can never keep my Carvel cakes in order. I'm still bummed the Friendlies closed down here in Port St. Lucie. My kingdom for a fribble. Anyway, a good fair deal for both sides regarding the money. Diaz last year threw harder than ever. 98.9 miles an hour was his average fastball. But he had his worst strikeout rate since 2017. That 98.9, that was fourth among big league relievers for highest velocity on a fastball. Emmanuel Classe and Bruce Dargraderol were both at 100. 
to finish one and two in that pecking order. Also, just before the game, uh, the Polar Bear got his arbitration deal resolved. A reported one-year $7.4 million deal, meaning that even if he does win the Home Run Derby this July, no longer will that payday eclipse his annual salary. Trevor Williams, just before the game, agreed with the Mets on a salary reported at $3.9 million for this coming season. Brandon Nimmo and Jeff McNeil reportedly agreed as well for $7 million and $3 million respectively. Buck Showalter talked to the media before the game, but not about that stuff. He's not talking contracts. He had to talk about his catching situation. James McCann, not in perfect health right now. Uh, Buck will get to that, but the first question was about what he's seen and liked so far about Mr. DeGrom. Let's listen in. Um, impressed. As advertised, nothing, a lot of good advanced reports, but he uh, just wants to pitch and likes to pitch, likes being part of a team, and I'm sure, you know, he's just wants to know when he's pitching, and I'll see you then. Good teammate. Uh, a real watcher, evaluator. He's, he's got alert eyes, great face. That's what's going on. You see these guys, you realize as you get around them why why they do what they do. And, and are at a, you know, being around, you know, he and Max are different, but they're the same in a lot of ways. Looking forward to seeing Dom in left field today? Yeah, it's going to be a tough left field day because the wind's blowing across. That's probably going to be the toughest place on the diamond today to play, unless the wind changes. So, yeah, we got to get him out there. I want to get um, Cannon in right field. You always got to say what if. For some reason, Marte doesn't continue to progress like he has been. Uh, he hit off the tee yesterday. He's, uh, he's right where he needs to be. He doesn't have any. Any setbacks? We got, you know, we got a chance. Does Cano look like he picked up where he left off as a second baseman? You see him out there doing drills. Or I, I didn't. I wasn't there. You know that part of it where he where he was when he left off. But uh, he looks like Robbie. You know, he's going to play second today. Got a. How many arb guys we got? Somebody said 14? fourteen. Fourteen. It's always an interesting day. I know Pete's kind of, you know, talking to Pete about it. He he wants to play. We'll see how the day progresses. That's why we, I'm pretty sure that's probably why we haven't seen Billy, right? Yep. It's another day. I'm glad we got him, and he's in charge of that. Is there a chance Pete won't play? Pardon? Is there a chance Pete won't play? I don't think so, okay. but I'm preparing in case any of those 14 guys don't play for some reason. Right. No, Pete's doing all his work in the cages and on the backfield. What else? What else? With Marte in, in the cage, you said that was his first time in it? Yesterday was. The... Yesterday was. Actually, it felt good. You know, you know the, the lure is to, is to pick it up too much, and we're trying not to. But he's got time. we got, like, what, 17 days? Not that I'm counting. I'm counting. That was off the tee for him or full? Off the tee. Off the tee. Yeah. I watched some of it before I went over. But I didn't know how it ended, so I didn't want to say anything. I, I, that's my first trainer stalking me today. <laughs> I started walking the other way. He kept coming, so I had to stop with uh, Mac. He said, uh, I got something to tell you. I go, no. <laughs> with, with your catchers, how do you balance them working with the pitching staff versus trying to get their offense, focusing on that and striking that balance, I guess? Um... Well, it's, it's, you know, if they're playing, they're going to get their bats. And as we start paring down, 
you know, we haven't you haven't seen a lot of Denny yet. He you will when we make a couple more catcher cuts. He's going to catch a lot. I'm trying to get you know Singer and Myers some some looks and Alvarez before they go away, but uh, he'll stay and he'll play. But uh, you know, it's always a balance with the catcher. It's like in. When they're catching sides and bullpens and whatever, we always have them hit by themselves afterwards. Because catching, you know, it's going to take a toll on you. They can't be in the hitting group, so what you do is let them have a full hitting session afterwards. So, you know, you're aware of it. It's hard. That's why offensive catchers like Mike Piazza are hard to find. They're hard to find. Great to have a Mike here. He had some great points in the meeting this morning. He was... Uh, really impressed that he was in our meeting today and didn't didn't uh, tell him he had to or whatever. What am I to tell Mike he's got to? <laughs> Mike can do whatever he wants. We're as happy he's here. All right, so there's Buck from the Clover Park dugout before the game, and he mentioned Mike Piazza being around. A few minutes later, in the very same dugout, there was the actual Mike Piazza. So let's listen in on what he had to say. Hey, Mike, just overall, what were your thoughts on all the moves this team made this offseason? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's really encouraging to see that uh, the organization is committed to, to putting a, a good team on the field. And um, but I mean, that's just one step, you know. And, and this year, obviously, with the lockout not having a tremendous amount of time to come together, um, there's more of a sense of urgency to, to get together and everyone get on the same page and, and become a team because you can make every move in the world, but. Uh, if you don't play as a team, then you're not going to be successful. So, but I, I just being here a short time, I've seen that uh, the attitude is good, and uh, it was great talking with Buck today. He's made me very welcome. I was in the meetings, and the the interaction is good, and the energy is good. And but uh, there's a lot of work ahead, and I know everyone knows that. So um, I, you have to do the work, and the only way to do that is the gauntlet of the season. What do you think about a pair of multi-cycle winners being back in that's rotation? I mean, that's huge because ultimately um, your ace is um, you expect to go out and, and win that night. Have a better than the average chance of winning. So, um, And then when you have those downs, those tough times during the season, those are the guys that can stop uh, a, a, an extended slide. And that's what uh, – because invariably, I mean, every team is good. Um, every team has good players, but it's a question of uh, the close games and the games that uh, you should win. Um, those guys give you a chance to compete every night. So um, stay healthy. That's the first key. Everyone stay healthy and then just break it down to basics too. I mean, I think in this day and age, there's a ton of data. There's a ton of statistics. There's, But it's still the same game we played, and you got to – make the right pitches you got to catch the ball you need timely hitting and you have to stay healthy most importantly so there's no secret formula i mean it's just a question of guys coming together supporting each other staying healthy picking each other up um playing for the name on the front of the jersey not for the name on the back as tommy was sort of said many times so uh, those qualities those values never never get old so even in a market like new york and um the expectations that are here. I mean, I told these guys, look, we came in with high expectations. I mean, obviously we came close in 2000, but um, we had high expectations and we delivered. You know, we got to the to the final step. We didn't take it all the way home, but generally you have to want 
those expectations, mm-hmm. and you have to kind of thrive on those um, those um, sort of uh, the energy and the excitement. And, and if you don't expect to win, then you probably should be doing something else. Like you mentioned something, you know, the information, the data. Now, obviously, when you played, there wasn't as much of it. If you were playing today, how much of that would you want going up there is a hitter? There's a, well, for me, sometimes you get paralysis through analysis, so <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, it's still, but it's still about people yeah. to me. And I've learned this in in my retired life is that you also invest in people. I mean, you can have every number in the world and you can have all the, but you still have to execute. You still have to go out and do the job. And uh, I think it's striking that balance because information is important when you see trends and in anything you do. You, you don't just go into a business and you don't, you don't, you need to have an idea of what you're trying to accomplish. But it's, I think the true, really good coaching, and I, and this is what I like about Buck is because he has a little bit of an old school mentality, sort of like you know Tommy's, what I learned from Tommy. Um, you still have to be able to motivate guys. You still have to be able to to get guys to try uh, uh, to perform above their expectations. So all those numbers are great. I think they're great tools, but you do have to kind of get a balance to not where you're always as a hitter. For me, I never really liked to look at video until the game was over. I didn't go in between innings and go, where was that pitch? What did I do? Because then you get a little bit too sort of mental, I guess, lack of a better word. So, um, And I'm very blessed, too. You know, the guys have always been very comfortable with me, and um, I'd like to believe I'm approachable. And that's the one of the things that I've learned is through talking and just talking with when I was with the Dodgers Hall of Famers, you know. And, and so I always wanted to sort of – Relay and pass the torch, um, and and be approachable for those guys. So the fact that they, I could just walk right in, and you know, new general manager, new manager, and everyone just feels comfortable is is an honor for me. Piazza says he's trying to recruit Joey Lucchese and Brandon Nimmo when Team Italy fires up again next year in the World Baseball Classic. He also stopped down to give us some basic travel advice for next time any one of us decides to live La Dolce Vita for a week over there. Well, it depends what you're looking for, and it depends what type of year, uh, time of year, I should say, you're gonna going to go. Um, summers obviously are great, uh, Amalfi and Sardinia and Puglia. Um, if you're going in the winter uh, to do some wine tasting, then I like uh, obviously Rome and Florence, but also Milan. I'm a big fan of Milan. I think Milan is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I think the food in Milan is incredible. The shopping, you know, keep the Keep the wife away from the credit card there. You're going to get some damage. You're going to take some damage, but, you know, it's all good. Via della Spiga, you know, with all the, the yeah. Pradas and the Gucci's. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the food is amazing, and um, it's slowly, fortunately, getting back to normal, which is great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it really depends on what your experience is, what time of the year and what you're going to If you're doing beach, obviously, summer is a little bit more the south. But if it's north, you go wine tasting and do some sightseeing and museums and things like that. For you to be managing again for Team Italy, tell me what that means for you and, and just how cool it was the first time you got to do it. Well, 
it was really a thrill. I, I've been working with the Italians now since 2006, since the first yeah. classic, and I've always had a great relationship with them. But I will say, in the last five years, they've been really serious about trying to improve the game over there, and we've gotten involved with uh, Major League Baseball International has been, been helping, and so... Um, it's been fun. I mean, uh, labor of love for me because I love the game. And but they're they're serious and they want to try to improve. And they've signed. You know, we've had some players in the last five years sign and and get a little money, and uh, you know make some contributions in the minor leagues. So hopefully we can get a few guys to the big leagues soon. Viva la Italia! He uh, he definitely seems to enjoy this managerial ship and recruitment coordinator combo he's got going. Too bad DeGrom's not Italian, right? DeGrom took the mound against the Astros Tuesday night. He struck out the first batter he faced in the late-day sunshine, then the next two as well. Overall, five strikeouts in two innings. He did allow a double to left, but, man, that slider just so wonderfully Nasty. Last year, a 58% whiff rate on that pitch, by far the highest in baseball. And that slider of last night looked to be in mid-season Snapdragon form. We'll hear what DeGrom told reporters once things wrapped up for him. We'll do that in just a moment. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So Jake DeGrom struck out the side to open his Grapefruit League experience of 2022. He was not throwing 100, but he was throwing hard with wipeout sliders darting around like dragonflies. He met the media when he cashed out after those two scoreless innings of work. I was nervous, to be honest with you. Um, You know, first time facing uh, another team. You know, you face your guys. It's more relaxed, more fun, but, you know, you get out there and Guys in another uniform, I was a little nervous. But, um, you know, the main thing I worked on this offseason that I felt like it carried over uh, pretty well today was um, just being really smooth down the mound. Um, that was the main concern today, um, and everything felt good. Felt like I was in sync and then, you know, was able to locate the ball pretty well. So I was happy with how the day went. Even knowing, obviously, that, you know, as you said, your elbow's fine, there's no damage. Or is it there a mental hurdle to clear when you get out there and let it go again? No, not really, um, you know, because I was – letting it go the other day against our guys and then, you know, someone else throwing bullpens. But, um, you know, it's reassuring to go out there and feel completely fine. You mentioned you were nervous. When was the last time you could remember being nervous for a game? Well, I was nervous when I was facing our guys, but, um, you know, actual, like, bull on nerves was probably my last start like that. So, um, like I said, the, the goal is to be smooth today, um, try not to fall off. Um, you know, I felt like I could throw the ball and stay on my landing foot and, you know, just stand there. And that was kind of the main goal. In trying to ramp up during this shortened camp, how do you balance wanting to be ready versus not doing too much? And, for example, today, did you want to go another inning? Um, you know, I think it was playing it smart, um, you know, talking to Hef about it, um, not knowing necessarily when we were going to show up. Um, so didn't want to go out there and push it too much early on. Um, you know, and that's kind of going back to trying to be smooth, not trying to throw as hard as I can and work down the slope. So I'm um, happy with how that went today. Is not throwing as hard as you can a, a today thing or a, or a new approach generally? 
Um, I mean, I'm sure there'll be times when I throw as hard as I can. Um, you know, it's like I said before, when I am really in sync and smooth, it feels like it comes out better than when I actually try to throw really hard. So after Jake left a scoreless game, and eventually uh, the Mets would push across a couple runs on six hits. They won this game 2-0. Dom Smith, another hit. Lindor and Al- uh, Pete Alonzo had hits. There were scoreless innings from Mets pitchers that included Adam Adovino and Trevor Williams and a couple lefties, which is nice. Alex Claudio and Rob Zastrzny. Z-A-S-T-R-Y-Z-N-Y. Zastrzny, former Cub. One more piece of sound to play back for you here before we're out. Uh, we gave you some Mike Piazza being in camp yesterday. So was Mookie Wilson in camp yesterday. I'm sure you guys want to hear from Mookie a little bit. He met the media after working out all the young Met outfielders. I, I like the moves. I, I think that um, all the moves were areas where we definitely need improvement from, from the outside looking in. Um, I know there's a lot more that goes on. As far as a, a club's needs, um, of course, um, but um, we had pitcher, we had some um, defense help that we needed. So I, I, I like the move. We go in the right direction. As a guy that was such a speed guy back in the day, when you see the additions of a Marte, even bringing in a guy like Jankowski, how, how much of a different element can those guys bring that maybe the team's been lacking the last few years? Well, I, I think one. Um, I, I, I use the term, for lack of a better term, the one flaw that we had for the past couple of years is that we were one-dimensional. And I think that uh, if you can eliminate a one area of team, it makes it a lot easier to be defensive, uh, to play defense against that team. Uh, speed is a, a great asset to have. Um, it covers up a lot of mistakes, <laughs> of course, uh, but it also gives you another element that we don't have to have um, four hits to score a run. You know, um, granted, I would have to get on, but that's another story to itself right there. But uh, just adding speed is a great asset. Mookie looks like he can still play, man. He is now 66 years old and seriously looks 35. Let's wrap today with a reminder that the best deal going for tickets right now is the one up on the Mets website, Mets.com. That 60% off deal in honor of the Mets 60th anniversary season. And uh, got to pass this along, too. It appears that there is a deal in place to bring back that extra inning ghost runner, after all, for extra innings this year. But just for this year, and also for this year, to accommodate the shortened spring training. You heard Buck Showalter talk about this yesterday for a bit. It is going to be 28-man rosters, not 26, through the end of April. All that first reported in the New York Post. There you go. I hear music. Let's thank the Mets in the Morning House band that you're hearing play me off right now. On keyboards, Brent Gaff. Slapping to bass, John Mayberry Jr. The horn section, Terry Bross. And on those drums, Buddy Carlisle. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for tuning in. We call it Mets in the Morning, and we will do it again tomorrow.